As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we're recording this episode Wednesday evening. Kind of a busy day for the Broncos in that we got clarity on Darian Stewart. He's out. We found out the Broncos aren't going to tender Brian Parker. And Chad Kelly might find himself in the slamma like MC Hammer. That's right. He's facing up to three years if he's convicted on fel- felony trespassing charges. He pleaded not guilty to that, so he had his next court appearance is in April. Well, I'll see what happens with him. Darian Stewart, obviously, Chad, you and I both agree, wasn't surprising. That was always an ex-Broncos cut there, looking to get younger, uh, more aggressive, faster on defense. So no-brainer there. And for agency, is right around the corner. The Broncos are going to be very aggressive. It's the calm before the storm right now. Yeah. One thing I want to say, a little tribute to Darian Stewart is that, you know, even though his play fell off a cliff this past season, I mean, he wasn't great in 2017, but he wasn't the liability that he kind of became this past season. But one thing I'll say about him is that his 2015 campaign, in which he ended up going to the Pro Bowl, his one and only Pro Bowl on his resume, was excellent. And especially his performance in both the AFC Championship game and the, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50, as a physical enforcer, just hitting dudes, laying wood over the middle. I can remember him completely trucking Danny uh, Danny Amendola, uh, several Panthers. I mean, everyone that season in the playoffs was afraid to go over the middle. And yeah, T.J. Ward played somewhat of a factor in that, but mostly receivers, tight ends, they were ducking Darian Stewart. So happy trails to the men. Yeah, I'll say this about Stewart. He was good in 2015. He was serviceable in 2016. He was bad in 2017. And he was god-awful in 2018. <laughs> he really fell off a cliff. And in 2017, it happened in that Raiders game when Johnny Holton burned him uh, straight down the sideline, long pass yeah. um, from Derek Carr. And I knew that was that Stewart was losing a step there. And last year, when you saw him next to a younger player like Justin Simmons, he clearly lost a step. The Broncos have to get younger. we got a lot to get to today, including a great guest who's going to give us some insight on the buzz coming out of the combine and what to expect in free agency which is coming just next week i mean it's the nfl calendar comes quicker than you really think sometimes at least for those of us covering this thing there is no off season that's right there really isn't for us sometimes when i talk to people zach just a quick aside 
you know, on the street or people I meet and they ask what I do and I tell them and they go, what do you talk about in the off season? Like, Dude, <laughs> you, you have no idea. That's there's, when things really get interesting. There's more going on in the off season than the regular season. Honestly, this job is more fun in the off season than it is in the, during right. football. That's right. We have pockets of time off, but other than that, it's a year-round job, and we love it. Yep, we really do. It becomes almost like an addiction. You know, you got a Jones, you got to feed the beast. So anyway, we got a lot to get to. Real quick, a couple matters of business. You guys have kicked butt leaving your creative reviews and rating the show yes. on iTunes. We are officially up and into the triple digits, but we can't stop there. So if you have not taken the time to leave a creative review, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, please Take the time, get that done. It helps us to grow, helps us to reach new listeners, and it also allows us to beat the competition in terms of rankings. You know, there's multiple Broncos podcasts out there that you could be listening to. You choose to listen to the Huddle Up podcast, and there's fans just like you that we need to reach in that same sense. And by leaving your reviews and rating the show positively, it helps us reach them. So take care of that. Also, follow the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. All right, now joining us on the Overtime Hotline is none other than Benjamin Albright. You guys know him. You love him as your – he's your NFL insider in Broncos country, let's face it, and he's joining us today to dish on some buzz on the Combine, look ahead a little bit at free agency. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing all right about yourselves. We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there, man. We're still kind of combing through some of the – some of the buzz, some of the implications that have come out of the Combine and and, – we wanted to talk to you about what we saw there. Now, it was kind of fun to get a chance to see some of these quarterbacks up close, some of the linebackers, some of the need positions, you know, that we know the Broncos are dealing with at this point. But what have you heard as far as, you know, a single prospect or multiple prospects that did the most at the combine to maybe intrigue the Broncos, get them to kind of go back to the tape a little maybe and, and reshuffle their priorities? Well, I think the Broncos are just trying to give themselves flexibility. I think they're out there looking at, you know, what's available. Uh, they understand that they're going to be reactive in this draft because they're picking cats. And so I think that they're, what they're trying to do is give themselves flexibility. Um, you know, they don't know who's going to be taken ahead of them. They don't know uh, what's going to be available at their pick. So I think that uh, everything that they've done so far, trading for Flacco, you know, all these kinds of things, is just an effort to uh, provide themselves with the best attempt at building the best roster that they can uh, and not forcing them into a square peg round hole scenario at 10. You know, Ben, now every single offensive lineman, it seemed like, that I talked to at the Combine said they met with or already met with the Broncos. Obviously, that's a dire need for them. They have, you know, center right tackle issues. Do you think that's a, a possibility, even a dark horse possibility for Denver going offensive line number 10? I don't think they're going to go with one at 10. No, um, yeah, that would be an extreme dark horse uh, in, in that scenario. Uh, I think the, it, it's more likely that if they do go offensive line, it'll be significantly later in the draft. Uh, I would suggest that they're going to look through free agency. Um, I, you know, again, I, I we talked about this before last time I was on. I don't think Paris is coming back. I think he's you know he's going to be priced out of the market. I'm going to move, move McGovern to center, and I think that you know that's really going to open up that right guard position, uh, and then they'll look you know they'll look for somebody there in free agency. Uh, I would suggest Foster uh, for Pittsburgh, maybe a guy they look at. Um, you know he he fits the scheme. There's a relationship with you know with Munchak. Uh, he's been a left guard you know most of his career, but Ron Leary's played both sides, so that you know that's not really an issue. Um, so you know I think uh, I think that if they're looking at offensive line, it would probably be a depth guy and probably be later. 
you know, you're one of the guys that kind of got me to go back and reevaluate my take on Kyler Murray. I mean, you've been you've been pretty strong take that he's not worth basically at least for the Broncos anyway, he's not worth the top 10 pick and I think you you've been pretty clear on that on Twitter. He it seems like his height is just that alone is a non-starter for John Elway. I mean, Elway talked a lot about height again once at the combine. I mean, it's something that's clearly high on the priority list when he's looking for that prototype. Is he even in the conversation at Dove Valley, Kyler Murray? And, and do you think we know that, that Elway, I guess, you know, Josh Rosen kind of rubbed the Broncos wrong in meetings last year. Could that even be a, an option for the Broncos? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If, in fact, the Cardinals put Rosen on the market. Well, I don't think so. Uh, I would say that that, uh, <clears throat> that would be about a 0.0% chance of happening. The Broncos had a chance at Josh Rosen free and clear last year at five. Uh, he wasn't on their board to do that. Uh, if Bradley Chubb had not been there, they would have traded back with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, Josh Rosen wasn't even the Cardinals' number one choice. They were after Josh Allen. Um, mm. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that... Um, that that's not a possibility for Denver. Either one of those, Kyler Murray or Josh Rosen, are not possibilities for the Broncos. What was it, just real quick, while we're on the topic of Rosen, just real quick, what was it that turned the Broncos off so strongly from Josh Rosen? Uh, you know, I don't want to get too too much into specifics there, but, um, you know, they, they had him in, took a look at him, and, and he was not their guy. And uh, I'll just I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Fair enough. Ben, speaking of quarterbacks that turned off the Broncos, you know, Case Keenum, one thing Elway told us at the Combine was that he's welcoming him back as a backup at a reduced rate. But the, the common logic seems to think that they would trade him or release him. Do you think with March 13th, you know, right around the corner next week, do you think it's possible they keep him on the roster as Flacco's backup or will he be, you know, receiving his pink slip? I think he's going to be traded. Uh, I think he's going to be traded to the Cardinals. Um, they may end up releasing him outright, but I think he's going to be traded. Um, they would like the, the cap relief, um, and, and trading him would do that. Um, you know, I, I don't think he'll be around. I know they said they'd love to have him around, and of course I guess they'd love to have more talent and competition and stuff like that and get him to take a pay cut, but I, I really don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think Case is a little put off by the way the situation unfolded. I think he thought that he was going to get another year, um, and you know, I, I think rightfully so. I think he was a little upset that, uh, that they ran an offense that was tailored to the exact opposite of what his skill set is, uh, and he felt like bringing Scandarello in was going to be uh, something that you know kind of more fit what he does uh case has always been successful as more of a you know more of a boot action quarterback um and so they, they he felt like that this was you know his offense was going to be tailor-made for him and then they went in a different direction at quarterback so you know he was a little put off by that um i, I think that i don't think that he's going to be sticking around ben we've uh, we've theorized on the show here that Mike Kliss's tweet that the Broncos are unlikely to take a quarterback at pick 10 is a little bit of a smoke screen. What, what's your take on that for our listeners as far as are the Broncos at this point coming out of the combine, big event in terms of its meaning for the pre-draft process. They come out, next thing you know, the mouthpiece is saying Broncos unlikely. Is that 
a smoke screen or do you think there's any truth to that? I, I don't think that, um, I, you know, I don't think it's a, a smoke screen per se. And I don't think Mike Close is out here smoke screening anybody. I don't think he's, um, the guy, the type of person you would want to do that for you. Um, I, I think Mike's out there, you know, maybe repeating company line, whether that's, you know, true or false. Um, I think that the Broncos are still in play at 10 uh, with a quarterback. I don't think that that's out of the picture. Um, I would just suggest that, you know, a lot of free agency needs to happen first and certain things in free agency would need to fall into place in order to make that work. This is a team that is dreadfully thin at corner right now. Um, they need to, they need to nail down that strong safety position, you know, obviously going after Amos, but we'll see how that works. Uh, they need to nail down that nose tackle position. That's going to be Jonathan Hankins, uh, if they can make that work. Um, <clears throat> so they need to get some athletic inside linebackers, a tight end, the guard, uh, you know, so there's holes on this roster that they need to fill. And, um, you know, there's going to be premium players available at 10 to potentially do that. So, you know, it really becomes a situation of who's available uh, and what falls into their lap. If, if all the premium talented positions that they, you know, they need to fill is gone. Well then, yeah, you know, Drew Locke, a guy they like um, would definitely be in play there. I would not say he's a primary target. I would not suggest, that they're even thinking like that right I would suggest that their focus is on free agency fixing the roster holes that they have to field a competitive team and then you know then maybe looking toward the future with an eye toward the future once the draft starts rolling around you're you're a big QB guy and I really especially respect your analysis on quarterbacks what do you think of Locke at the combine his throwing and all that uh, you know, I, I, I thought he threw pretty well. Um, he's definitely got the, you know, the strongest arm. Um, you know, he's got more athleticism than people thought he did, um, which is, you know, which is good. Uh, I, I would say that he's, you know, outside of Kyler Murray, he's probably the most athletic, strongest arm quarterback in the class. Uh, I don't think that he's a day one starter. I think he's a guy who probably needs a year to groom him. Um, there's some mechanical issues. He has a, a penchant for throwing off his back foot. Um but, you know, overall, I think that this idea that he's, um, you know, that he's a future bust or whatever, I think that's silly. I, I think that most of the stuff that's wrong with him is coachable. Just, you know, need a year to kind of iron him out. I think it's his upside and his ceiling um, are higher than Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but I think Haskins is better right now and is uh, is probably, um, you know, QB1 as far as uh, uh, being ready to start day one. You know, Ben, shifting gears away from the quarterback, free agency is right around the corner. You alluded to it. The Broncos have a ton of holes. Is there any one player who they're going to be calling up immediately when that tampering window opens? I happen to think it's, you know, Adrian Amos, but anything you heard on that front? Um, I would suggest that if you think they're waiting for the, you know, waiting to make these calls and haven't started doing that already, uh, that would be a naive train of thought. Um, yes, Amos and, and, and Jonathan Hankins are, are guys that, um, <clears throat> that you're definitely going to be looking at right off the bat. Uh, I think that if CJ Mosley, um, you know, balks and, and, and the Ravens try to lowball him, that would still, that would be in play. Um, you know, an inside linebacker, they're still going to be looking for guys there. You've got, uh, uh, you know, a couple of guys on this roster that, you know, Marshall's going to be gone. You've got uh, Todd Davis, who's a downhill only inside linebacker. You've got Josie Jewell, who's a run funnel guy. Uh, and you need side to side backers. So, um, 
you know, that's really going to be a, a focus because, you know, a lot of the scheme is dependent on that, dependent on uh, athletic instinctive linebackers, the inside linebacker position. But if you go back and look at, you know, Fangio's defenses historically, it starts with a, a massive run stuffer at the nose, a massive zero tech, and instinctive athletic inside linebackers. And then they fill in with talent around that. And so, um, you know, I think that's really going to be the direction they're looking. Do you think there's any chance – Ed Oliver slips to pick ten. You know, there's some rumors that he could go. He could fall farther than that, um, and I, I could definitely see that. There's uh, some people think that he's a tweener. Some people think he doesn't have a position. Some people think there's some uh, personality quirks. Um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of different things around him, man. And I, I would suggest that you know, while we've all been high on him and people kind of fall into that collective consensus mentality, um, that there are you know people who have to invest millions of dollars into these individuals uh, maybe have some reservations on him that you know the average person doesn't see. So um, he could be there. I don't think he would be a player the Broncos would be interested in. Um, I don't think that he's a guy that really fits what they want to do. Uh, you know, I would suggest to look at the uh, Byron Murphy is really the name to look at at 10. Um, I, I would suggest that's the big name. Um, you know, one of the other things about Fangio's scheme that, that it's really dependent on corners that can not only cover and have shorter quickness, but can tackle and will hit. And so that, that kind of rules out, you know, a greedy Williams who's, um, let's be charitable and say, allergic to tackling, um, you know, versus <laughs> yeah. a guy like DeAndre Baker, who maybe hurt himself with that slow 40, um, even though Mel Tucker's been kind of talking him up. So, uh, you know, I, I would suggest Byron Murphy's are hunting to really keep an eye on and put him in the mix. That's the one name I've not heard people mention there at 10 that I think is really, really in the mix there. Hmm. I've got one more for you, Ben. It's, uh, it, it's back to the quarterback talk. You know, let's just say – the Broncos don't go quarterback at pick 10 or the guy that they maybe would have considered at pick 10 as a quarterback is off the board. We talked to Jarrett Stidham, guys like Will Greer, Gardner Minshew, Brett Rippon at the Combine. They'd all met with the Broncos. Which of that group or even someone I haven't mentioned could you see as probably the, the likeliest candidate to end up hearing their name called later on in the draft, maybe day two, early day three by the Broncos? So I would say Stidham is probably that guy. Um, you know, his tape was not great, but uh, talking to people, um, you know, after talking to people from the Senior Bowl and in the, you know, in the the post um, season circuit, his name keeps coming up more and more. People like him; they like talking to him. Uh, he's a guy that doesn't necessarily need, um, you know, need football. His fiance's dad is president of the Houston Rockets, um, but so he's a guy that loves it. He's out there because he loves it. Um, he was playing in an offense that's not really uh, suited for developing NFL talent. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks that looked bad in that offense. Uh, you know, go on to have some success. We've seen quarterbacks that look good in that offense go on to have some success. Uh, Cam Newton, for instance. But um, now, while Stidham's game is completely different than Newton's, um, you know, I, there, people believe that he's intelligent uh, and then could have a long career, uh, you know, as a backup journeyman with spot start ability. So uh, I, I would suggest he would be the name. You know, the guys to look at, you know, Easton Stick might be a guy. Uh, Drew Anderson, I think, is a, a deep sleeper not enough people are talking about uh, out of Murray State. He was a guy who was actually at Buffalo ahead of Tyree Jackson. Um, you know, and then they, they switched to Tyree, even though Drew was the better passer because Tyree was a superior athlete um, and Drew, you know, outplayed him. So, um, just a, you know, just a thought there. But, uh, yeah, I would suggest those are the names to look at. I was just going to say what your estimation is the Broncos going QB at 10, if you had to put a percentage on it. Uh, if Byron Murphy isn't there, 
and they fill in corner, inside linebacker, strong safety, and defensive tackle, and right guard and free agency, uh, I would say it's a lock, all pun intended. Um, if you know, if they don't get a lot of those, and they come out of free agency, second wave, third wave of free agency with some pretty glaring holes still, uh, I would suggest it's less likely. Gotcha. Excellent. Well, once again, Ben, thanks for joining us on the show. You guys, you can find him on TV. You can find him on the radio. Follow him on Twitter, at AlbrightNFL. Ben, thanks again for joining us. Oh, no problem. Anytime. All right, so we still got a lot to get to. We're going to come back. We're going to react to our conversation with Ben Albright. But first, got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, so... An illuminating conversation with yep. our friend, Benjamin Albright, who has been really great in terms of making himself available whenever I've asked him to appear on this show. And I know the same goes for when Nick and Carl have asked him to appear on Building the Broncos. But, you know, other than my opening question about if there was an individual prospect that, um, you know, added in any additional intrigue for the Broncos coming out of the Combine, I thought he was pretty illuminating, especially as it relates to you know, what's what the plan is or how the priority deck has been shuffled for the Broncos right now, even though we just had the combine and you and I, you know, it's almost, we're there, we're getting intoxicated by this pre-draft process. <laughs> the focus right now for the Broncos is free agency. Yeah, and people, you know, that's the pulse that I get from Broncos country right now is the draft is more important and it's more exciting for them. But, you know, free agency is also the big signing period where the Broncos are going to add a lot of talent to the roster, get rid of a lot of talent. They're going to make a lot of moves starting next week, and they have a lot of holes to fill. And I tend to agree with what Ben said is that they're going to set themselves up in the draft to take the best player available, which is what Fangio and Elway both said at the Combine. They have so many needs to fill, and they're only going to go one position if they get those other needs addressed. You know, for instance, quarterback, if they get guard, tackle, you know, safety, cornerback, if they get those needs fixed in free agency, then the Broncos can leave themselves open to taking Locke, maybe even trading up for him, or maybe even Haskins. We'll see what happens there. I, I just tend to agree with the plan that the Broncos have, and based on what Ben has heard, um, it's 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 nice that it aligns with what I thought. I'm glad that he mentioned the Byron Murphy thing because that's something that we had heard behind the scenes at, at Mile High Huddle from people, and um, we'd kind of kept it under wraps just on the VIP forums for our, our subscribers. So I'm glad that he aired that laundry. The Broncos really like Byron Murphy. He's a he's a five just under five foot eleven corner from Washington. I've seen him play in person multiple times. And he's just one of those guys. He's very similar now, he's not as tall, but to me he reminds me a lot of Akib Talib because he's just a guy that has a nose for the ball and a nose for the action. He's really good at baiting quarterbacks, and I think, honestly, you know, I talked to Nick about the on-field testing at the Combine, and a lot of the cornerbacks disappointed people, but Byron Murphy was one of the few that really stood out, so he's one guy to keep in mind. You notice, in our whole conversation with Ben, we didn't ask him directly, but he mentioned several prospects for that 10th overall pick. One name he didn't really bring up was Devin White. Mm. 
He might expect White to be off the board. A lot of rumors that the Bucks liked him, and you know, with his combine performance, he he shot up his stock. So, uh, one thing to keep in mind about corners, though, I've been asked a lot on Twitter and on Facebook about Greedy Williams. He's really not in consideration, at, based on what Fangio said and what Ben alluded to, in the fact that he can't really tackle that well. He's allergic to tackling, to quote Ben. And uh, Fangio, it's it's a non-negotiable trade for him. So you can take Greedy Williams off the Broncos draft board. And I also think corner. I've been saying this for a while now. That's another sneaky first-round pick. They talk about Devin White, talk about the quarterbacks, but they need a guy who can cover a passer. They only have Chris Harris Jr. right now with the Ottoman surgery, uh, Roby to free agency, but I don't think it's going to be greedy. I like Byron Murphy. I'm a bigger fan, though, overall of DeAndre Baker. Between the two, though, if Locke is off the board, is if White is off the board, uh, you could go worse than, than one of those two yeah. corners. It was interesting also, and I agree with you on that point, it was interesting for him to hear him say, Ben, that – you know, Ed Oliver might slip even farther than pick 10, mm. which is the first time I've really heard someone vocalize that, say that, which is surprising to me. And a lot of it has to do, and, you know, at the combine, there were questions about his uh, sideline spats. He got into an argument, I think it was with his head coach, which was very heated and public and, you know, televised and all this stuff. And he had to address it. So there are some character issues there. And then you go to the football aspect where, I mean, he was he's being asked by the media, so he's probably getting asked by the by the NFL too, certain teams, about standing up and playing linebacker. And he basically said that, look, I'll play if I'm getting paid to play linebacker, then y'all are going to get a linebacker. Yeah. But he's big enough that I think he's a. I mean, I would be okay with him at pick ten. I if if I'm weighing it, I'm not sure if I'd want Ed Oliver or Byron Murphy, but I probably want Ed Oliver in terms of immediate impact, even though defensive line. You know, because at this point, this is assuming Drew Locke off the board, Devin White off the board. So if I'm looking at Byron Murphy or Ed Oliver, because Oliver's still on the board there too, I would prefer Ed Oliver, all Mm. due respect to Ben Albright, as much as I like Byron Murphy a lot, I would prefer Ed Oliver there because I think he has, he's one of the elite players of this class. There's always that one tumbler in every draft, that one prospect who falls. I mean, look at Rosen last year falling to the Cardinals. Uh, it could happen with Oliver. I I don't really think I would go defensive line, though, if I had a choice because the Broncos literally don't have any corners right now. They have Chris Harris Jr., who's coming off a fractured fibula, and literally no one else behind him. So Oliver's a great player. He would fit in the scheme, no doubt. I just, if given a choice, I got to take the corner there based solely on need, even if they want to look to avoid that, you know, going that specific route. Right. So one thing to keep in mind, he's six foot three and 292, something like that. I think he might have checked in a little bit lighter than that at the combine. I can't be sure on that, but compare him to Aaron Donald. Donald was six foot one going into the draft, still is obviously, but six foot one as a prospect, 285. He slipped all the way to pick 13. Now, if the league would have known then what they know now about Donald, you know, in 2014, I can't remember who, I think it was Jadeveon Clowney was number one that year. But he probably would have gone before Clowney if the league knew then what they know now. And I think Ed Oliver is a player that has that similar type of upside. In fact, even though I'm not one of those, I don't consider myself a, a, a draft expert as in the same way that Nick, Carl, Eric, those guys are. But Aaron Donald was one guy I got right. I was on record of saying he's the one guy in this class in 2014 that five years from now I think everyone will be looking back as saying this was the stud of the class. And that is one draft thing for me that has come true. But, Zach, I'm also the guy that was like, I think Cody Latimer is the best receiver in this <laughs> class. So, that you know, sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. 
Right. Everyone has their, their their hits and their misses. And and the Broncos would do well to draft someone like Ed Oliver, but it's an extraordinarily deep defensive line class and they can get talent elsewhere. I just think, you know, based on my preferences, I would have to go a quarter in that route. But what we both can deduce from this is sitting at pick number 10, the Broncos are guaranteed pretty much to land a blue chip, blue chip prospect at a position of need. So they're sitting pretty. I think we can both agree on that. Oh, yeah. Last thing I want to touch on in our conversation with Ben, and then we'll probably get out of here for today, is the fact that he is kind of echoing what I've been saying, what you've been saying on the podcast since the Combine, that Jarrett Stidham is the quarterback to watch for the Broncos beyond day one of the draft. So if things don't go exactly the way fans want at the in the top ten, or Drew Locke is off the board, Haskins is off the board when the Broncos go on the clock, Watch for Jarrett Stidham. And I've heard from multiple places uh, that Scangarello really likes him and took a shine to him. And he showed out well at the Combine, not only in his interviews from what I've been told, but especially on the field. He looked solid. He backed it up. And I think that the fact that his tape wasn't great at Auburn and you know his stats weren't exactly prolific as a quarterback in the SEC – I think a lot of that had to do with scheme and coaching, and I think the NFL believes, and a guy like Rich Scangarello believes, that he they can glean more and, and net more, mine more, out of Jarrett Stidham at the next level. Yeah, this is a pre-draft riser. This is a prospect who's going to get his, his, his stock is going to improve before the draft. And from what I heard at the Combine, he might even sneak into the second round. And at that point, the Broncos don't take a QB in round one. They like Stidham. He shows well in, in personal interviews and workouts in his pro day. I would have no problem pulling the trigger on him in that round. Someone like Devin White in the first, sit him in the second. You have Joe Flacco on the roster. You still leave yourself available in the third, fourth, fifth, et cetera. Um, I like him, though. In that second tier behind Locke and Haskins, I like Stidham at the top of that class. So if they can come out with him in the second or third round, I think they have to. That's the, the worst-case scenario in this draft for Denver. In, the, in Between round one and three, they have to take a quarterback. I'm holding firm on that. Should I tell the— Haskins story on my flight back from okay, Indy. Do it. Let right. the world know. So I'm uh, at the airport waiting to jump on my flight out of Indianapolis. This is Sunday, late afternoon. And right as I'm about to hop on the plane, some obvious athletes uh, walk up and they're about to board too. And, and they end up boarding before me. You know, I'm one of the great unwashed in cabin three waiting to jump on. <laughs> so they board before me and I hop on the plane. And as I'm walking down the aisle, and by this point, I'd already identified that one of them was, in fact, Dwayne Haskins. So I thought, oh, that's interesting, huh? Because my flight took me from, even though I was going west, I had a connection flight. So I actually went east, northeast for a minute for my connection. It took me to Detroit, and then my Detroit was a direct flight home. So he was on the same flight going to Detroit, and then he probably connected from there somewhere uh, on his flight back. So anyway, I get on the plane. I'm walking down the aisle, and I see he's on an aisle seat inside, and he's on my right. I'm walking down. And as I pass him, he's looking down at his phone, watching highlights. And the highlights he was watching, you guys, okay, here's a little TMZ action for you, was none other than Oklahoma. So, Zach, do you think Homeboy was trying to figure out, you know, what all the buzz and hype is on Kyler Murray? I would assume by now he's well aware after everything that took place in the Heisman running and, you know, falling short to him in the Heisman vote. But he was watching Oklahoma tape. I saw it with my own eyes. He must have saw Murray trending on Twitter after his press conference, wanting to check on some of the highlights. I don't know. I don't know. It must have been maybe coincidental, but it's interesting that he's you know <laughs> checking out the competition there. 
Yeah, so anyway, great day of podcasting. Zach and I will be back tomorrow for the VIP mailbag. In the meantime, make sure you follow the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Don't forget to do your part and leave a creative review. Give us a five-star rating. Make sure you follow Benjamin Albright on Twitter as well, at AlbrightNFL. That's two L's for those of you who aren't sure. Zach on Twitter, at Kelberman247. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Be good, you guys. We'll be back tomorrow for the VIP mailbag. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.